Welcome to Project Lekut HaSichis, Siche Beis, Parshas Noyach, page 24. B'Shaychis L'Mashakoso B'Parshaseinu, Mena Beheima Tahoira, Umena Beheima Asher Einena Tahoira. This is the Pasuk describing the animals that came into the Teva, and it says that there's the Beheima Tahoira, and then there's the Beheima Asher Einena Tahoira. It does not spell out that it's Tmeya. A person should never take out of his mouth something that's despicable. The Teda adds eight letters. And it doesn't want to use the expression, which is in the negative, that the Behemoth Tmeya. Pirish Rashi. That this reason that you don't want to be speaking a dovamaguna is the reason why the Pasik is Maidakir. Asher Enena Tahira. These are three words. Gimel Tevais, Hakailois, Yudgimalois, that are thirteen letters. The Pasik could have just the kitza said, Hatmeya. Teva achas, that's one word. Hey Isis, it's only five letters. So we have over here extra words, extra letters, Lulamedcha, Lachazar, Achaloshanikia. The Taira adds eight extra letters to teach you that a person should choose a clean, pure language. This is Benigaya to speech. So just like there's a lesson here from this parsha, from this week's parsha, about a person being careful in his speech. You could also learn from this week's parsha a lesson about a person being careful in what he sees. This is the story after Neach comes out of the Teva and he plants a vineyard and then he drinks wine and becomes drunk and he was exposed. And Shem and Yefes, they were very careful not to see their father in this kind of a state. And they walked backwards towards him. And that's how they walked towards him to cover him. So we see over here about being careful about not seeing something negative, not seeing the exposure of their father in that condition. And when you see the reward that they received for this, it emphasizes how great and how important this is. Baruch Hashem, Eleke Shem, Vihi Kanan, Goyme, Yafta Lekim, Leyefes, Vihishkoim, Baali Shem, Goyme. So this is tremendous brachas, especially the way it's explained in the Medrash, that they got just for this, not looking in a place which was not sneers, looking at their father in this state. So we see in this week's parasha both how a person in his speech should be careful to only use positive and clean language, and the same also regarding regarding what you see, to only look at things that are positive, clean, and pure, and to not see anything that's not. However, if we take a look at the Lashon of the Pasik, so we have a question. The Pasik says that they came towards their father to cover him, they were walking backwards, their face was not facing him. So obviously, they couldn't see their father, the, the erva, the exposure of the father. Their face is facing the other direction. If so, why does the Torah have to add the words and say, 
and they did not see their father in this with this exposure. It's obvious. By adding these words, there's another chiddush. There's another point that the Torah is talking about and letting us know about the behavior of shame and yefes. Just by the fact that they were walking backwards, we wouldn't know of this additional thing about ervas avim leiro. So what is this? What's this additional chiddush of ervas avim leiro? We can understand this with the Vart of the Baal Shem Tov. The Baal Shem Tov says, if a person sees something that's negative in his friend, this proves that similar to this negativity that he sees by another person is actually within him himself. And the Baal Shem Tov says, like a person looking into a mirror. If you have a clean face, so you don't see any dirt in the mirror looking at your face. If you see dirt, a stain, when you look into the mirror, so that what it means is that it's your face that's dirty. So when you look at another person, whatever you see in him, he's mirroring your own image. You're seeing the chesreinus in him is the chesreinus of yourself that are reflected in what you see in him. So the Rebbe asks, let's understand this Vart here. What's the basis of this? Why would we say this? Why is it that when I see negative in someone else, it serves as a reflection of what's really going on within the person himself? Why can't it be possible? It's two different people. It's not a mirror. Why shouldn't we say that what I see in another person is his negativity, his chesreinus, and I have no connection to that. I'm just seeing it in him. Why isn't that a possibility? So the pshat here in this is, Everything that happens in the world is the So this over here is also true in this case. When a person sees something negative in someone else. It's not something that just happened. This is something that Hashem brought to happen from above. The Ebishter brings that the person should see a reflection of himself. So the Ebishter doesn't create anything in the world for no reason. So you can't say that David allows you to see something negative in another person with no purpose. So definitely whatever negative you see in another person, there's an instruction here, there's a lesson that's teaching you something. And what is it teaching you? It's a lesson for yourself, that you're seeing something that you yourself have to work on. So the point here is that everything in the world that we see, everything that happens is for a reason. And when you see something in another person, the lesson in Avedis Hashem is for you. That it's something that you didn't just happen to have seen it. It's a lesson for yourself that you have to fix it up and correct it in yourself. Why does the Ebishter bring a person to pay attention to things that he has to correct in himself in such a way, in such an indirect way that he sees it in someone else? 
He becomes aware of what he has to fix in himself by seeing it in his friend and not by somehow becoming aware of it with, directly within himself. Why does it happen this way? The answer is, On all sins, whatever negativity, whatever chesreinus a person has, love covers over it. Self-love definitely covers over anything that a person has to work on himself. The Mishnah says that when it comes to a nega, a koyin could see any negoyim in another person, but not negoyim that are by himself. A person doesn't see, can't be a judge, can't honestly and objectively see himself for what it is. The way to bring a person to become aware of what he's lacking, when the Eivishim makes him aware to see this by someone else, and here he's looking objectively and he's judging and he sees this chesaron. And now this opportunity, these negativity and exactly how low it is and to what extent it has to be corrected, this gives him the objectivity to look back at himself and to see how he is in that same situation and he has to correct it himself. And now when he will con- contemplate this matter and he'll think about how this applies to himself. will come to realize that he is uh, lacking in the same area. And here that ever brings back again the Lashon of the Mishnah and touches it. Whatever Nagoyim, whatever Chesreinus you see outside in someone else, it's a Tetzah, it's a result of the Nagoyim that are found by yourself. So the, the punctuation in the Mishnah here is read differently. Whatever you see from the outside, where does it come from? That's something that's really in yourself, and the Evish is just giving you the opportunity to see it objectively and apply it back to yourself. This is the Pshat in the Vart of the Baal However, the question still remains. Part of the job of a person, of a Yid in this world, who it's not just to work with himself, to elevate and serve the Ebesha with himself. Part of a person's Aved in this world is also to influence his friend. You have to teach and rebuke your friend, even if you have to speak to him a hundred times. So going back to what the Baal Shem Tov says, yes, when you see someone in something else, something in someone else, it has to be Ashkach Pratis. There's a lesson in it that you have to take to do something about it. But who says that the lesson is to apply it back to yourself? That whatever you see in someone else gives you now the opportunity to apply it to yourself and to get rid of this negativity. Why not just say the way it would seem to be simply? Allowing you to see the negative in someone else. For what purpose? David sees that this person is alone and he can't help himself. So he allows someone else to see the negative in him in order for you to come with your Avas Yisrael and help him. 
So who says the point? Who says the other person is a, serves as a mirror, as a reflection to yourself? Maybe the Ashgacha Paratis Take is the fact that you're there and you're able to help the other person, not for yourself. Say to Mizu, the question goes even further. And here the Rebbe questions the very notion that another Yid can serve just as a reflection to yourself. It was spoken about many times. B'nei Yisrael, Einam, B'pchines, and Tsoi. Yidin are not considered to be a vehicle. Shal Yodam Tushla Kavona Yoyna B'inyanacher. That the Yidin are just serving as an intermediary, as a vehicle to fulfill a purpose regarding something else. That we would say, the purpose is found in something on somewhere outside of the Yid. Which is actually true about everything else in creation. Including the higher and ruchni is the worlds that were created. They're not the purpose of creation. Everything in the world created, as Rashi says in the beginning of the Chumash, is Bishvil Yisrael for the purpose of Yidin, for the purpose of Teir. So regarding the world and all the world, it's like a true to say that their purpose of creation is for Yidin. But you can't say that about Yidin. Yidin are the purpose. They're not a vehicle for something else. So now that I've asked to this, just as this is true regarding Klal Yisrael in general, that they are the purpose of creation. The same is also true regarding every individual. You can't say that the existence of one Yid is for what purpose? That he'll be there as a reflection and as a mirror to someone else. The circumstance that there is between two Yidin, it's not anything that I can take out of it for myself, it's for the other person. The kavana of the circumstance that a yid is found in is for him himself, for every person for himself. So whatever's going on in a person's life is negaya to him, not only as a medium for someone else. So it's understood of the, from, from this regarding that veda of every yid. That it's also impossible to say, the fact that the chesreinus of one individual becomes exposed, the only purpose of exposing these chesreinus is not for himself, but it's all for someone else to use him as a mirror. Someone else sees it within him. There has to be some tayeles in the exposure of these chesreinus for the person himself. Everything that happens in the life of a Yid has to be a purpose for him himself and not just as a vehicle for someone else to use you as a reflection. Going back to what the Rebbe said, if you see a chesaron in someone, the purpose of what you see in him is for him himself to go and help him fix things in himself, to get rid of the evil that's inside of him, not just to use him as a reflection for yourself. So if this is the case, we're going to have to say that what you see in the other person is definitely for the purpose of that person himself. So if so, so why would we say that what you see in the other person is merely just looking at a mirror? 
that you're seeing the negative that's inside of yourself, you're seeing it in the image of your friend, but it really refers back to yourself. How can we say such a thing? So that's the question. So, I mean, the question over here is on the very premise of the whole Vart of the Balshemtiv, that it has to be a lesson, and therefore the lesson has to apply to you. Says the Rebbe, who says maybe the lesson applies to Taka, everything you see is Bashkocha Pratis, but the lesson applies to him, that you have to help him out. And besides that, the Rebbe says, we're going to have to say that what you see has some relevance to that person himself, which is it's in him. Because one year does not just merely serve as a vehicle for someone else. So then what's the Hechrich to say that in addition to the lesson that there is for that person himself, it also serves as a reflection to yourself? What's the whole basis of the heart of the Bashem? So let's go back to something that's not understood in the sugya of the Gemara that we brought before. This is a Gemara in the beginning of Psachim. And there in the Gemara, there's something that needs to be clarified. The Gemara that begins, A person should not speak in the negative. As we've quoted before. Then, the Gemara there brings a similar rule. A person should always use clean, pure language. Regarding the Tumah of Azov, the Tayyayu, which is a male, the Tayyayu uses the term Merkav, riding, where a person's fit, uh, feet, that is, are split when he rides. By a woman, to use a cleaner, more modest language, it doesn't want to use a language that refers to a woman where her feet are split, so it uses the term Moshe, that she sits. By Isha it says, And it does not say, By a man, what does it say? That he rides. The Pasik wants to keep it to the most modest language and not use the language of writing, which uh, mentions the splitting of the feet of a woman. So we see, this is the beginning of the sugya there, where it discusses the idea that a person should choose the purest language possible. And then the Gemara continues there, on this klal, the Gemara brings up three different places where you do find that the Torah does use the term Merkav regarding a woman. Then after the Gemara answers all of these three places why the Torah chooses to use the term Merkav by Anisha. The Gemara concludes with a question. Does it never use the term Tomei in the Torah? How could you say that the Torah only uses clean, pure language? And as the Gemara brought in the beginning, it says, but we do find the word Tomei in the Torah many times. That's the question that the Gemara asks at the, towards the end of the Sugya. The Ein Zem Muvan Klal says the Rebbe, the question here is very obvious. More than a hundred times it's mentioned in the Torah, the expression of Tomei. This should have been the first and immediate question the Gemara is asking. The word Tomei says in the Torah so many times. How could we say that a person should only use a Lashon Nikia and not uh, over here the Torah says Tomei more than a hundred times? That should have been the first question. And then afterwards, Meloshon Merkevisha. Then the Gemara could bring up the term of Merkev, Shainim Mephi Elapam Machodis. 
that, re- that is mentioned in the Torah, the term Merkah, regarding a woman, is only mentioned a few times in the Torah. Why is, are the questions in the Gemara in the opposite order? First, the Gemara questions from the Lashon Merkah, which is not, doesn't seem to be such a strong question, it's just a few times. Then the Gemara concludes, but it says in the Torah, Tameh, which is hundred over a hundred times. Why does that come last? Also, if you look at the exact wording, the way the Gemara expresses the question. Is it not true that it says in the Torah, Tameh, Beloshan Shotmiyah, the Gemara is like wondering, it's, it's making a unique point. That the Gemara is like, like making sure. Isn't, isn't it true? Isn't it true that it says in the Torah many times the word Tameh? As if there's a doubt about this. The Yaisa Masim Laimar, the Gemara should have asked the question much more clearly and directly. Matter of fact, everybody knows, open up a Chumash, you'll see, it says so many times the word Tami. Why is the Gemara asking it with this Lashon of Tamiya that it's sort of making sure that it actually says the word Tami in the title all of these times? So there has to be something unique here about the fact that the Teire does say the word Tomei so many times and still the Gemara is not really bothered by it. So what's really going on over here? When we're talking about a Pasuk or anything that we're coming to give an actual Halacha, Psaq Halacha. The Psaq has to be said in the clearest fashion. Even if the psak is going to include unclean language, it doesn't matter. When you're paskening a halacha, the halacha has to be 100% clear. So this is the basis, this is the point that the Rebbe establishes over here. to The whole concept of speaking that that does not include when you have to give a psak halacha. A psak halacha it has to be given very clearly, concisely, and to use the most direct language, even if it includes negative language. So in most places in the Torah, it uses the term Tami. So now that ever brings up what the Gemara discusses over there in Psachim, that really, just as much as there is an advantage of using Lashon that a person should always use clean language, but there's also something else. The Gemara there says that a person should always teach use the shortest way to express his point and not use a long-handed expression. And the question is, which one is a greater advantage? Lashon or Lashon Kitsara? So the Rebbe points out that actually there's an advantage to each one of them and they're equal. So the Teireh many times uses the Lashon Tameh using the word Tameh as opposed to not Tahoir which would be a longer-handed language, it's not necessarily a greater advantage to speak than to speak So you have a choice. You can either speak or you can speak And they're both equally as good because each one has their advantage. But nevertheless, the Torah still many times uses the term Tame. Why? When it comes to a story that's being related, and in the story, 
it talks about something which is not Tahir, so there the Taita will use a longer language and uh, will write it in a way not to mention what's negative. In a roundabout way, concealing the negativity and not direct. Because it's only a storyline. It's sharing a, an event that happened. It's not a Psaka Locha. So here the Taita will many times use the term Tommy. Although there is a great advantage in speaking when it comes to the Taita that's just sharing a story, finding places in the Taita where it uses a longer language and a more pure language, is found in the Taita no less than the times that the Taita uses a shorter language and a more direct language which is not as pure. Why? Because the conclusion of the Gemara over there is that, as I mentioned, there's an advantage to using a pure language. There's also an advantage in using a clean language. They're both the same. And therefore, when it comes to the stories of the Teda, sometimes the Teda will use the advantage of saying it in a more concise fashion. And sometimes the Teda will use the advantage of saying it in a more cleaner language. But this is all only been a gay when it comes to a to sharing a story in the Taita. So here you have the relative advantages of each one of them, and the Taita will choose sometimes this advantage of Lashon Katzer and sometimes the advantage of Lashon Nikia. But when it comes to most places in the Taita, so in the Taita there's a Psakalach when the Taita is actually saying a halacha, not a story. Here, the Teda must use a clearer and concise and direct language. The Teda has to say Tome. Sorry again. Not only because speaking more concisely has an advantage, it's more than that. The clarity of a Psaka Locha, you have to say it the most direct and clear and not use ambiguous language because you're trying to use more pure language. A psaq is an exception. It doesn't go into the whole sugya. The entire discussion of the Gemara are about Lashon And the Gemara discusses the relative advantage of Lashon to a Lashon Kotzer. In a case of a psaq it's not shaykh to the whole sugya. A psaq has to be said the most direct and the most clear, not with any ambiguity. So with this we can understand... In the Gemara, in the beginning, the Gemara holds In the beginning, the Gemara says that even if you're going to have to speak more words the Torah will always use a clean language. So, as the Rebbe before mentioned, the conclusion of the Gemara is that there's the relative advantages of pure language versus a concise language. And they're the same, they're equal. But in the Havamin of the Gemara, the Gemara holds that no, Lashon using a pure language, is more important than Lashon Kotzer, and therefore even if it's, you're going to end up speaking in a long-handed expression, nevertheless, Lashon is more important. That's what the Gemara holds in the beginning. And it's at this stage of the Gemara, when the Torah brings up, when the Gemara, that is, brings up the question about the fact that the Torah does use the term Tome. So at this point, the Gemara says that you have to use a pure language, even if it's going to end up being longer, even though we know that it says so many times in the Torah the word Tommy. What's their answer? 
Most of the times in the Torah, as the Rebbe said before, more than a hundred times in the Torah, it says the term Tomei in the Torah, it's not Shaykh Tar Sugi Bechlal. And all those times that it says in the Torah, the Lashon Tomei, it's speaking about the Torah is telling you a certain Psak Din, a certain Halacha. Over there, the Torah has to speak direct and clear to say the term Tomei. This cloud, the sugya that we're speaking about, that a person should use clean language. In the Havamin of the Gemara, that a person has to always use clean language, including when he's going to speak in a more long-handed expression. And the Gemara at this point holds, Loshin Kotzer is not as important as this. And nevertheless, the fact that it's so many times in the Torah, it says Tomei, doesn't come up. The Gemara doesn't consider that to be a question, because that's not Shaykh Tar Sugya. That's in the cases where it's telling you, Then when the Gemara does in the end come around to ask the question, Does it not say in the Torah the term Tomei? So now, what is the Gemara asking from the fact that the Torah uses the term Tomei? Is it not the case that the Torah uses the term Tomei not only in Negei to the Psakalocha, that's not Negei here, but also in Negei to stories that the Torah relates? And the Torah could have changed the Loshan to write and the Torah uses Tomei even in Negei to a story, which is what is Negei to our Sugya? That's the question. You should be able to find a few times in the Torah that it uses the term Tomei, even Benigayat, to such kind of cases. When it's talking about stories and not Benigayat to Halacha. So now we understand why this question, the Gemara didn't ask it all immediately in the beginning of the sugya that you find over a hundred times the Lashon Tomei in the Torah. Because taka, when it comes to the story of Torah, stories in Torah, and to use the term Tomei, you only find it very few times. Not, all the other times in the Torah that it uses the term Tomei, it's not Shaykh Bechlal to this sugya over here. Okay, so we are very clear that you can see from the Gemara the distinction that the Rebbe made over here that when it comes to Psaka Loche, the whole concept of does not come up. The whole Indian is only when it comes to the Sipurim of Taira. Over here, the person should choose a Lashon and actually the Maskan of the Gemara is that Lashon and Lashon Kotzer are equal. So you can say either a Lashon Kotzer or a Lashon so as we've explained, even when a person has to paskana halacha and a gas, lazy dovra, fill lazy ish, that's negate a subject or a person, you have to use a clear language of Tommy, direct and clear. If you're discussing the tumma that this person has, or the fact that he is Tomei, and you're not discussing the actual Psakalacha of his Tumah, he should be careful not to say, you're talking about the result and the, the fact that he is Tomei, you're not saying it as a Psakalacha, so that's also included in what the Rebbe said before, that it should not be mentioned with a, a, a Dovah Maguna, because it's not the actual Psakalacha. The Rebbe brings a raya from a pasuk. 
So the Torah here is talking about a certain mitzvah, and it uses the term lo yiyatoy. It uses something in the which is negative, and it uses clean language. Isn't this a pasuk that's coming to teach me a halacha? So shouldn't it use a more direct language according to the cloud that the Rebbe said before? When the Torah uses the clean language, it's using it not in the part of the Pasik where it's coming to say the Psak, It's telling you about a certain fact about this person which we've already passed him about, him, that he is Tomei. So it's sort of the story part of this situation where we're passing a halacha about this. So over here, the Teda is speaking in a roundabout way, and it does not say Tomei, it says, So even when you are relating a halacha, but even there, if there's an aspect of what you're saying, is not the actual psak halacha, so then that's also part of Ikim that you speak only in a pure language, in a roundabout way. So now the Rebbe takes this entire subject, which we're speaking about, Dibur, how a person should be clean, careful with clean language, and that only applies to a Sipur and not to a Psak Aloha, and applies the same thing, So we understand the same thing applies also when it comes to seeing something negative. When you hear of the fact that a Yid did something inappropriate, what do you have to see or hear in this? You have to see only the conclusion, the bottom line of what is the matter of you to do about it, not to focus on the negative. And the Rebbe explains, What should catch your attention and what you should focus on is, oh, there's an opportunity to help a Yid. That's the only thing you should be hearing. To rebuke him. In a pleasant manner, in a proper way. To bring him to the tshuva. This should be the main thing you're paying attention on. If, even if you can't help it, but hear and, and, and see the negative. But what should be the immediate conclusion and the focus of the person is to see, oh, so what, this is an opportunity to help another yid. What, what do I do about this? So this is similar to what we said before, when again to Dibbur, that when a person is speaking about something, Allah Psaktim so over there, the negative has to be said clearly and directly. Same thing also, you see the negative, yes, it's sometimes David wants you to see the negative in another person, but because it's Negeil Amaisa, to actually go and focus on the, what's Negeil Amaisa, to help the other person. But what happens if when you hear something negative about someone else? What you see and what we you see and you focus not on the lesson and on the action that you have to take to help the other person. You're actually focusing on the negative of your friend, not the lesson that you're there to come and help him. But you're actually paying attention. Oh, this person is is evil. There's something negative about him. That's what you're paying attention to. This is emphasized by you when you hear about this negative. So you say, what the person is feeling is not 
the responsibility that you have, that you should immediately go and help the other person, you notice, you notice the evil in the other person. You're noticing that he is something wrong with him. That, that just that itself, that's what you're paying attention to. Here, this is the proof that it's your face which is dirty. This is a reflection of yourself that you're seeing in the other person. If you are only seeing the negative in the other person and you don't focus on the negative at all, you just see what you have to fix in the other person. So then you don't even really see and focus on the negative. But if you actually see the negative in the other person, just that for itself, that's, that's another lesson. There's another lesson involved. As the explains it, so he say it as follows. Everything Hashem creates in the world without exception, every single incident, including every detail of every incident, every detail that you see, there's a specific lesson that you can take from this. Over here, you're sort of seeing two things, so there's a double lesson. The fact that David is making you aware of the fact that there's somebody that needs help, somebody that could use your help to help him correct and improve his ways. That means that yes, you're the person that has to go and use your avas Yisrael to help the other yid. That's one lesson. The fact that Abisha allows you to see the evil in the other person, that you actually see the negative in him. You see the negative of Chaveiroi, Why are you seeing that? Without, besides the lesson to help him, but why are you seeing the negative and focusing on that in your friend? That's, uh, that serves as a reflection on yourself. And you have to be misakin yourself. So it's true, Taka. The first and obvious lesson is whatever negative that person has, the purpose in it is to help that person for himself. As the Rebbe started off in the Sikha, you can't say that what happens in a person's life, what exists and what the Ebeshire allows to become exposed about him is a lesson only for someone else. One you can't just be there as a medium for someone else. It's takia, the first lesson is to help him. But the fact that Ebeshire is allowing you to see something else the negative, without focusing on the lesson that you have to help him, but seeing the negative in him, there that other person becomes like a mirror for you. That's an additional thing that Ebesh is allowing you to see as a reflection. You have to correct yourself. If you are a tzaddik, at least in this particular area that you're seeing a chasaron and someone else, even if you're not a tzaddik fully, but at least in that area, if you were a tzaddik, you wouldn't see this, 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 this aspect of the that the other person is ra in this area would not catch your attention. You wouldn't see that. All you would see is that there's a year that I could help, that there's a year that I had to have an opportunity to help another year. The fact that you focus and it catches your attention to see the ra of the other person, that means that that ra exists in you. It's a reflection of what's really going on by yourself. So therefore, there's two different lessons over here that you see in the other person. So the Rebbe makes a very geschmacker comparison between the Dibur and the Ri'iyah. Just like it is B'nigayah to Dibur. That there's a Chiluk B'nigayah to the, when the Torah writes something, Halacha Lamaisa. And when the Torah is writing just a story, the same thing is also B'nigayah to seeing the Ra and someone. There is the Ra, B'nigayah Lamaisa B'poyal. The first and most important lesson is to go and help him. 
and that ra that you see is for a purpose, and, the, and that ra is, is that's what you should be seeing in another person, that it's an opportunity to help him. But then there's an additional thing you see up there. You're focusing on another story, the story of the other person's life that you're seeing the negative in him. Why are you seeing that? That's a reflection of what's really the story of what's going on in your own life. That's an additional thing. You shouldn't have been seeing that. It's only a reflection of what you see, saw in yourself, and therefore you have to correct it in yourself. Not coming back to the language of the Pasek. Story of shame and Yefes. They went backwards. They did not face their father and they went to cover him. And the Torah adds, after it says, it says, It's self-understood if they were walking with their face in the other direction. The Torah is adding this to emphasize. It's not only that they were facing the other direction. So they were facing the other direction. So physically, they couldn't see their father being exposed. What the Pasuk is telling them even more. They didn't see, they didn't feel, they didn't focus on the negative that was there. Their entire focus and attention was only on the fact that there's an opportunity to help him, that there's something we have to do about it. The negative, they didn't feel that. They didn't, they didn't focus and pay attention to the actual negative that was there. The only thing that they saw is, oh, we have to do something about this. We have someone that's in, help, in need for help and let's go and help him. That's all they saw. The negative, they didn't see. They didn't catch their attention at all. These people, they did not, the negative in another person does not register by him. All he sees is an opportunity to help another person. This explains us on a deeper level the difference between these two, shame and Yefes, from their third brother, Cham. They did not see, they did not register by them the negative of their father. It's, it's really a reflection of their own level that they were on. Since there was the negative, there was the Ra within him himself. He's the source of, of the Ra. It's not yet actualized and uh, coming out in a coarse way, it was just in a in subtle, the subtle Ra that existed within him. And what's the subtle Ra? It's the source of Ra. The Rebbe explains, Ki in Yone Chamimus. The word Chom, the name itself, implies that it, there's a heat, there's a, there's a uh, indulgence, Shemikav smile that comes from the negative when a person has a taiva and, a, and a, a heat to things that are not good for him. So L'chein, it's this Subtle Ra that existed within Cham himself. So when he sees what happened to his father, that he drank and he got drunk and he was lying exposed, so Cham senses that evil for itself, for what it is. What, what happened to Noach himself was also an overindulgence in something too much to the point that he got drunk. The Chamimus, the name Chom, which shows on the fact that he has this taiva within him, is less than the extent that it was expressed and the way it happened to his father Noyach. 
Nevertheless, when he saw the Ra in Noya, that caught his attention, he saw the Ra for itself. Because at least to a subtle degree, that Ra exists within him himself. So the Rebbe adds here another point, when you see Ra in someone else and you have to reinterpret it back to yourself as a mirror, it doesn't necessarily mean that the same level and extent of Ra that you see in the other person is a reflection to what's by yourself. But it means that that Ra exists on one level or another, could be to a subtle degree by yourself. represent Kava Yemin. And Kava that are both in Kedusha, this existence of any such kind of chamimus doesn't exist at all. It doesn't exist to the most subtle degree. There's no trace of it. So if you yourself are completely clean of any of this negativity, it doesn't catch your attention. This doesn't register by you when you see it in someone else. All they see is the opportunity that they have to do, the Aveda that has to be done to go and help this person that's in this situation. That's the difference between Chom and Shem and Yafis. This is a very clear lesson to all of us. When you hear or see something negative about another Yid, Besides the obvious, that there's an Issa of Lashon Hara, you're not allowed to speak about this to somebody else. And not like what Chom did. He wasn't happy just with the fact that he saw the negative state his father was in. Instead of going and just covering his father, he went and shared it with others. He shared it with his brothers. So that's obvious. That's upkifrek. The person should go and share the negative of uh, something, something that you see in another yid with someone else. The lesson we learn from here is even more. It shouldn't register in your mind. Don't pay attention and don't focus and don't think about the ra that there isn't another person. And the Rebbe here in the Hara 34 points to the famous Yigeres HaKadosh in Simech of Beis with Alta Rebbe says that Ishas Ra'os Re'eu Al-Yalad that you shouldn't even machshav, and the Alter points out that machshav it's even more significant. And therefore, the only thing you have to be thinking about is what do I do about this? How could I, I correct this other person's ways? And when you're dealing with this, you have to find all kinds of ways of not to allow the negative itself to catch your attention, just to focus on helping you. And when a person behaves in this way, will dwell amongst you. You'll become a keli for the teireh. The keli for the is the peace between one yid and another, only seeing the positive in another yid. Which is in the third base of Mikdash, the unity and the love amongst Yidin, Ubekarev Mamash.